and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. I am Simon Hazeldean, and I am joined, as always, in the Sales Chat Show studio, the Sales Chat Show crew, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Anthony Steers. And this episode is called, Are Your Sales Meetings So Dreadful That Every Team Member Hates Them? Oh my goodness, I have been sat over the years in some appallingly bad, boring, dreadful sales meetings. And I have also been in some fantastically well-run, organised, productive and indeed even fun sales, sales meetings. And I have to be entirely honest. I've probably run my own share of really bad sales meetings, and I hope some reasonably good ones as I sort of learnt by. I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to say that the good ones were the ones that you ran, and the bad <laughs> ones were the ones <laughs> no. that other people ran. Of course, of course, of course. I was. Uh, no, let's let's just put it this way. Um, I think there was a process of trial and error, uh, from from taking over running a sales meeting to begin with. To be and, and also to be fair to lots of sales managers, when you become a sales manager or whatever for the first time, nobody's actually sat down with you and said, "Do you know what? Do you know yeah. how to run a sales meeting? No, I don't. Please tell me." And you would benefit right from having some some idea of what a good a good sales meeting looks like so yeah no you and you learn by trial and error right which is so let us give you a few a few thoughts <clears throat> a few thoughts and, and a few ideas uh on on running effective sales meetings um well, first thing to say i guess guys is that that they this might be a physical in-person meeting some of the time but increasingly Sales meetings will also be taking place virtually, or we have a we have a combination of the two hybrid because of <clears throat> because of um for example, geographical reasons, right? You could you could be running a sales team spread out across a considerable geography or, or an entire country or indeed internationally. And so you're only going to bring your team together in person infrequently, if at all. There are some people who run them. So, you know, that's something I think. The medium has to be, has to be, uh, has to be thought of. Um, one thing that, that, or a model or a framework, just to kick things off, there's um, a gentleman called John Adair who is a uh, from the UK, a big thinker on management and leadership, has written some really good books over the years on it, and he has a framework that was introduced to me <clears throat> when I was a sales manager. So there are sort of three overlapping circles, like a Venn diagram with three circles. And in them are the three areas of focus that John Adair, his model proposes that all good managers or leaders rotate through. So you 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 focus on each of them on, on a rotating kind of basis. And their team, a task and individual. So team, how well is the team 
collaborating and working together and also on our our previous episode uh which we which we have recorded about will your sales team be relegated this year because you didn't do the right things to get promoted we talked about making sure we're thinking about the team supporting your sellers as well as their colleagues within the sales function itself then there is the task delivery the revenue the overall delivery of what it is that you, you're targeted and, and need to deliver and then there's individual how is each person in the team doing how might i need to be adapting my style etc to help and, and coach each person so team task individual so we probably need to through with our sales meeting organization and our cadence i would suggest having a regular rhythm making sure we we cover those that makes sense chaps as a, as a starter for 10 any comments that. from your side that's the model known as the action-centered leadership that's um, the one from, thank you yep. and so um that ultimately what you're focusing on are the actions that come out of focusing on team task and individual what what actions are we going to take but i think the first action about not making people dread your meetings is to ask yourself do i need a meeting at all mm. um <laughs> i was in a meeting last week it took an hour and a half it could have been solved with a two-minute phone call yeah um, so you know everybody sitting there waste realizing my time is being wasted i could be getting on doing other things mm. and often we resort to meetings for the sake of meetings because we've always had a meeting we mm. have a you know a weekly sales team meeting just to see where we're going do we really need that or will you know a, a, a chat in uh, microsoft teams do for 10 minutes kind of thing yeah you know <clears throat> so i think the first step the first action you're going to need to take um as a sales leader is to work out do i need these meetings at all yeah. and if so what kind of meetings do i need um so you know the former chairman of ibm was it ibm i think it was uh used to have meetings standing up yeah no meeting ever lasted more than 15 minutes because there were no chairs in the room so yeah. people got a bit tired and fed up so everybody got everything done in 15 minutes because um they were standing yeah, yeah so Practical things about, you know, what room is your meeting going to be in? What's the temperature like? Yeah. Or what distractions are there? Lots of things you need. So it's the planning of the meeting that is more important than the meeting yeah. itself. And I think it's the outcome. What is the outcome for the meeting? Yeah. What do we what do we want to achieve? And therefore, what's the agenda? What have we got to cover? And therefore, how long do we need not it's a 60 minute or a 90 minute or a day's meeting just because we've yeah. always had a day's had a day's meeting so i'd also i'd i'd propose that we need to think about one-to-one -one meetings between the sales leader and the sales manager and each, each person in their team and team meetings separately so a good discipline that i would recommend to our listeners for one-to-one -one is to have every every week or every other week the frequency of the cadence will vary on industry and, and organization is one-to-one -one 30 to 60 minute pipeline and forecast meetings and separate the two out so definition my definition of forecast is opportunities or deals that are forecast to close in the current reporting period be the month or the or the quarter whereas pipeline would be all opportunities irrespective of potential close date if you alternate between those two perspectives on a regular basis you take care of the immediacy 
of getting things closed for the current period, but you don't neglect the longer-term development. So there's a big rush to close the quarter, everybody breathes a sigh of relief, dust themselves off, and you start the new quarter, shorter pipeline, because, because the focus has all been around closing. So I think switching between pipeline and forecast works and anthony i know you're 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 hot you're kind of hot on pipeline management aren't you when you're working with your clients yeah pipeline management is is kind of crucial and it's uh, and sometimes i have to remind the salespeople and some of my clients that the sales team may only have got 20 grand of sales in and they needed 50 this month but they've added 150 grand to the pipeline Okay, mm-hmm. when you then look at what their conversion rates are over a period, you then go, actually, yeah, they they didn't get the money all in now, but they've added more than enough to get that money in at a later stage. So I think there's that is crucial. And I, a lot of salespeople are pretty short term. We tend to fill the pipeline, then we drain the pipeline, then we panic and then we fill the yeah. pipeline. You have that kind of either quarterly or monthly panic and cycle of drain everything through in the last week uh, and then... And then you bask in the glory of hitting target or doing well for the first week, drag your heels, then you realize you're behind, then you panic in week two and week three, and then week four, right? And it kind of goes in that vicious cycle. Well, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it, right? It, yeah. and, it, and it keeps happening, right? Yeah, it and, keeps happening. And... Yeah, only as good as your last month. Um, interesting, though, when you were saying about the setting out the outcomes for these more sales meetings, mm. Um Although this isn't really as a sales team meeting, uh, I always say that if you have a meeting with a prospect or a client, I talk about my PTS, that permission to speak at the beginning of a call. But if it's a scheduled call, I always say just pre-frame the time and the schedule. Just double check that you both got mm. roughly the same amount of time. Because if you say, oh, I've, I've blocked out an hour and Graham says, I've only got 30 minutes, I think, OK, we can do this in 30 minutes. And then I always, so I always sort of pre-frame what the time is going to be to make sure everybody's not looking at their watch at different points. And and then it's the, um, uh, the, uh, the schedule is I, I then usually say to people, oh, thanks for jumping online with me this morning, Simon. I want to give you a quick demo. Um, yeah, I've blocked out half an hour. Are you okay with that? Once we know we both got roughly the same time, I can go, well, look, there's three things I wanted to cover today, which is A, B, and C. But what did you want to get out of this session? Let's do that first, right? So I try and tell people what I, it's a bit of setting expectations, knowing how much time we've got, then focusing on you so you get what you wanted out of the meeting and i'll make sure i save enough time to get what i want out of the meeting yeah i think that's that can apply very much for internal meetings right you know my understanding of the purpose of the session today is to achieve this yeah yeah whatever providing it doesn't damage the discipline of the pipeline and forecast like because i'd also say you probably got to have a separate Mm-hmm. one-to-one which is about the individual right which is about That's broader cool. things developments yes. moving forwards things like that <clears throat> and that can have a more fluid definitely yeah. can have a more fluid structure it's like a check-in yeah you know and a more more but i think also from the person's development point of view you'll have picked up in the let's mm-hmm. say you've picked up in the pipeline review pipeline sufficiency is not as good is that because their prospecting capability is not where it needs to be and in the monthly one-to-one you might do a little bit of extra coaching around yeah with a bit more time around what prospecting what are you finding works where are you getting stuck etc yeah. you can you can give and, that and that's where i think that team meetings could be more useful in the sales world is um 
everybody i think if, if you're getting new testimonials and case studies in from clients and projects that have completed let let the account manager or the head salesperson share that testimonial with the whole group it elevates them they get a pat on the back it, it gives everybody else another success story they can go and share with people as well it shines a bit of a spotlight on somebody who's had a a recent success and there could be some learnings that would come from it as well well that's uh, actually the, to link to that that would then link to my my um concept of like one-to-one -one meetings and then team meetings and i think there's some different ones you can think about or you can combine things together yeah. what i think you're talking about is kind of learning what i would describe as a learning group or a learning huddle yeah where we might Anthony's closed an amazing deal. Here's how he did it. Right, let's do a review and let's learn what what could we each learn from what Anthony's done and how can we apply it? Or yeah. you might have a subject matter expert, a technical expert come in and yeah. improve everybody. I think those kind knowledge. of meetings almost relate back to our football analogy in, in our previous episode of that's the sharpening your fitness and some set plays. Yeah. Talk to your colleagues, have a little huddle. How would you have done this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this was good. And this is what happened. How would you have done it differently? What would you do next? Mm. Um, and I think it's just a good way of keeping the act sharp, I suppose. And, uh, and although you can feel like a lone ranger in sales, feeling like you've got some teammates who are either going to help yeah. lift you up when you're low or pat you on the back and recognize when you've done well. I mean, I think also there's, and it, it, it can be linked to a learning session or, but also there's a top deals review, right? Which you do, you might be do every month or so with the team where you look at the big, you yeah. know, the big 80, 20 principle, which are the big deals? What's, what's Anthony Graham, Simon, what are each of your top one or two and what help might you need to get those over the line? But also it raises the whole team's awareness of what each of us is working on because mm -hmm. there might be something we can copy or use. But I think that just gives the team yeah. an idea of the overall progress yeah. of the of of the teams and uh yeah you know uh, or... and one and one would hope that the manager knows enough about what what is going on everywhere that in the yeah. ones the ones if an opportunity comes up that they know one of your colleagues has done really well with they're going to say this is brilliant you need to have a chat with simon about this he did a really good deal with this type of company last year talk to him about how he ran it and the questions yeah. um but I think that the one thing I would I would guard against is that creeping death going around, going through everybody's forecast and pipeline <laughs> in a team, in a group yeah. team session. Graham is shaking his head with dismay. I was just it's, it's pain. It's painful, right? It's really, really painful. And, I was thinking when Anthony said about you know the the learning kind of meeting, mm. um, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's brilliant. That's what most sales meetings really ought to be about because mm. if you're going to improve mm. your ability to sell you need to learn from other people and const you know constantly learn and change but um unfortunately many of the sales meetings that i've attended are right hello john what have you done this week and then mm. hello graham what have you done this week and you know hello simon what have you done this week and it goes around the room and everybody's going oh i hate this because they all know what each other's done anyway because you know assuming <laughs> That you they know, do talk sales to each other again. the sales director is assuming that nobody talks to each other, you know, and they don't have a coffee with each other or whatever, uh, and they haven't got email or phones, you know, so they never ever chat to anyone. So all of that is known. So why are we going around the room dealing with it? Besides, we could have a dashboard that reports on it on our uh, intranet or whatever it is anyway. So why are we going through the the boring stuff? And then everybody, so then nobody contributes to those meetings because they're not motivated. To attend and contribute so what happens is they you waste you know, you've got 10 people on your sales team 
uh, you spend an hour going through this every week, that's 10 hours wasted um, when you could have dealt with it. Uh, whereas if you'd got 10 hours of learning, yeah. where people were learning from what, you know, the brilliant deal that somebody did and how they achieved that and what you could then apply to your your area, then yeah. that's 10 hours gain because yeah. that's going to improve your sales. So what's the reason for the meeting? If the reason is just to go around the room and say, you know, who's got any leads and, you know, how much have you sold this month, yeah. then I'm afraid you need to look at yourself as a sales director and say, am I really up to the job? Because if that's what you're doing, you're probably yeah. not. So you just want to go, go and download the report from the CRM. It will tell you everything. We'll get on yeah. with that. Well, <laughs> Anthony, thank you for that. Because Graham literally just also just reminded me to say, get the sales dashboards in the CRM system yeah. being proactively yeah. used in your one-to-one -one pipeline forecast and review meetings. Use the data you've got. For goodness sake, it's probably there. So you don't have to then go, like you say, we can talk about what's the data telling us. What yes. might the data tell us we need to do rather than what are the numbers? For goodness sake, yeah. I mean, like that, you know. I suppose, I suppose it's almost boiling it down to what, what they're trying to get you to do is data input. And it's like, hang on, we've got data. We can see the dashboard. <laughs> yeah, like, let's not make a meeting out of data input, please. <laughs> the, the other thing I think is 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a controversial topic. Some people love league tables in sales teams. Some people hate league tables. Mm. I... I, I like league tables as a way of looking, comparing and contrasting and informing me as the sales manager about what I might need to do. So who are my high performers? Who's doing really well? Who might need some more help? What I'm absolutely not a fan of is public humiliation via sales league tables because you you need to think it through if you start to put those up. So you've got eight people in the team and the person who's bottom of the tree, this is publicly put up. And then you say to number one, yeah, Anthony, you're number one. Why don't you share some of your best practices? And Anthony's yeah. thinking, not a chance, because yeah. I like being number one in the team. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to keep my secret sauce all to myself. Thank you very much. So and I, just, I think I think it gives you useful data, but it's how you use that data. And I'm just not I just think it's very old fashioned and outdated sort of motivation by humiliation. Right. It's just yeah it's it's not it's i don't think it creates the right well, i suppose it's, a, it's almost the carrot and stick people would rather be rewarded for doing good than embarrassed and berated because yeah i i tend to do prizes and competitions with clients but i have had clients who who adopt the wooden spoon award which is the lowest yeah. right and but i had one client go that's technically bullying and i'm kind of going i i, I get that it is so i'm not telling you to use it but in a competitive fun team Actually, it was nobody wanted the spoon, right? The spoon was like COVID. You're trying to give it, give somebody else and get away from it, right? And and actually, the reward element tends to work better. But I had a coaching yeah. client recently who said, I'm really struggling to motivate my salesperson. Um, they're not really motivated by time off or extra money. They just love their job and, and what we're about. And they're in the cost of education sector. And we came up with something because I was talking about the carrot and the stick. And she said, every time he always hits target in the last couple of days, she went, I freak out every month because it's always in the last couple of days. And he, he's always very chilled and relaxed. And we came up with this concept that there should be a bit of a reward and punishment sort of blended into one. So what she came up with, or what we came up with together was if he hits his monthly target more than a week before the end of the month, there was £50 that he could either have as a voucher or would go to a charity of his choice. If he hits target in the last week, nothing changes, nothing happens. If he doesn't hit target, and he's never not hit target yet, so I was trying to reassure her that 
Mm. She's kind of panicking. But what she came round to the idea of is if he doesn't hit target, she would give this uh, £50 to some right-wing charity that he would hate. This group that he would... And she went... That's how I get him to do stuff. Like it's, it's not by saying, "Here's your reward." It's this is what's going to happen if you ever let me down. That's a that's a that's and an it, int- that's an. But, but for her, approach. I was trying to come up with, well, why don't you send him on leadership training if he loves his job and he loves all of this stuff? Why? What other carrots you could kind of do to to motivate? And she ended up coming up with this concept of that would be like a a thorn in his side he'd hate Anthony, it's interesting that's more about the sales managers sales leaders panic than it is about the guy's performance because if he's never yet failed to achieve target well, but he just does it yeah he does it by a couple of days whisker yeah what's the problem I, what's the problem like i'm saying like like yeah. so that's for you that's for the sales leaders piece of, but well, it, <laughs> if you coach a little bit closer and say when's this likely this one will probably come in here boss this one will come in here this one will come yeah. in here and, I, and yeah. then i yeah i i don't know like it, it was you, kind of interesting because i i went straight for that reassuring so when did he miss how many targets has he missed you went, oh he hasn't yet and I went, so, so what are you worried about because it's getting sometimes within a couple of days at the end of the month and i was like that's how he i think that's how he works that's, that's just that's that's kind yeah. of some people are motivated by a deadline some people are stressed by a deadline that yeah. sounds to me like the manager's stressed by the deadline and the sales guy's motivated and the, and the by sales the <clears throat> pretty chill but i feel like i, I want off slightly there anyway sorry guys no no no, no, no but you're it's talking a... about the whole world of um uh carrot and stick which is the psychology of behaviorism so the school yes. of behaviorism in psychology hmm. um you know it's about conditioning and can we you know reward people for doing something or punish them for not doing it um, all of the psychological evidence shows us that reward work and punishment doesn't. Yeah. Um, so in terms of conditioning people yeah. and getting them to do things, but the whole world of behaviorism psychology is kind of, you yeah. know, that is very 1960s. Um, and so it's kind of the way that uh, a lot of people think we should be doing things, but actually it's been dismissed by a great deal of psychological research these days and it does, doesn't work. And you find that most governments in the world believe in it, um, yeah. but they believe in stick. They think that telling us not to do things and punishing us for doing things yeah. is how they get society to cooperate. And it, it just doesn't but work. But schools know best. And that's why you say walk in the corridor, not don't run. Right. Yeah. If you try and, yes, go with yeah. the positive thing rather than the consequences or the negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so perhaps the, the donation to the, to the organization the guy detests is not going to have is, as is, much is not as much of a driver but i no, think it's I not like, going to affect actually, him at all the interesting one that i do think is an interesting one is is if he is personally not that particularly motivated by a 50 quid amazon voucher or whatever it is a holiday voucher but maybe he'd be massively motivated to be able to make regular donations to Marie Curie or cancer research or, or mm-hmm. something yeah, like yeah. that. That's a really interesting. You've got to know what well, you've got to know what motivates each person and, yeah. and what's important to them. Yeah, because it, it won't necessarily be the sales commission, for example. It'll be what they're going to use the sales commission for. Yes. That's important to them. It could be something for their grandchildren something for their children it could be a holiday it could be a hobby it could be something they they, they want for the house it could be to save up a deposit to move i think you've got to you've got to kind of understand what's important to each person if you if you're going to want to try to yeah but in influence. terms of the sales meetings 
what we know from the psychology is that the thing that would reward people most about meetings is uh, not to have a great deal of structure, but actually what you're really trying to do is give people the chance to do what they want to do when they want to do it. So the biggest motivator of all is autonomy. Autonomy, yeah. <clears throat> autonomy is the biggest motivator. And so if in your team you give them the freedom to do what they want, so if this guy is given the freedom to you know, achieve whatever he achieves, you know, within a day or two of the target, he'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if he's given the freedom to, instead of it being a monthly target, but it being an annual target, doesn't matter. Yeah. He, as long as he's got the freedom to do it. And so yeah. some of the biggest companies in the world have, you know, like Google, like Amazon, huge degrees of autonomy in what you can do working there. Yeah. There's some strict mm. procedures and processes, yeah. but massive amounts of autonomy. Um, so the biggest successful companies have latched onto the fact that, you know, this kind of getting people together in a meeting that's all about control. That's why most meetings are there. It's mm. about control. And so people hate meetings that emphasize control. Yeah. So if you want successful meetings, they've got to emphasize autonomy. So that means hybrid meetings, allowing people to come to meetings in any way they want. If they want to come via Teams, so, <laughs> other people are in the room. So be it. So as a sales leader, rather than coming at the meeting going, what have you been up to and what are you going to do next? Yeah. It should be a, what can I do to help you achieve your goals this yes, week? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the whole, and, and, you know, when I work with clients on the, like those one-to-ones pipeline and forecast, you do need a degree of control, right? Peter Drucker, management, plan, organize, control, motivate. But it's how you do it, right? You're checking in. How are we doing? How's everything? And I'll say, I'll often say to sales managers, sales leaders, you know, we say 30 to 60 minutes for these. When people start to get in the groove and they turn up, you have a quick look at the dashboards. Everything looks good. <laughs> you ask, you maybe ask a few questions. How's everything? Is this one looking okay? And they're all over it. Finish the meeting. <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. Fantastic. End of autonomy back. You you know, I just, you know, I just, I do need to just know as your sales manager, how we are overall, because I've got a report back up the line. That's reality. But if you're clearly all over it, <clears throat> And everything's sorted. Fantastic. 10 minutes. Thank you very much. Meeting over. <laughs> Give yeah. them the 30 minutes, 20 minutes back. And so it's... actually, we're taking a lot of pressure off of sales managers because your meetings don't need to be as long and you shouldn't be doing half the talking. No. Brilliant. We've solved there. everything for solved, We've solved it. <laughs> but your point is you're there to help, right? You help if your focus is on how can I help and support rather than how can I command and control and you know you manage some people more closely than others on certain topics and certain things with their buy-in and with their mm -hmm. acceptance you know you newer people i'm going to work a bit more closely with you on this this is your first big deal with the organization i'll you know going to propose we work a bit more closely oh yes please boss that'd be really great you're more experienced people you've done this a million times is everything okay? Yes, it is. Thanks. What What can I do to help? Nothing. Fantastic. So, and then and give them the autonomy. But by the way, with the autonomy comes the responsibility as well. That's the other side of it, right? So, yeah, you know, you if you're bringing in your numbers and people are doing well, then you can, you know, autonomy give you can give more autonomy and freedom to those to those people. There'll always be some sort of boundaries and constraints, but. You know, it's a check-in rather than a check-up is kind of, kind of how I think. I, I think the good, good good meetings will 
will be. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your inputs into that. If if only our meetings for the sales chat show were that organised. And uh, no, no, of course, as you would expect, when we get together to discuss future plans for the sales chat show, everything's really, really organised, isn't well, it? Professional and precise, I think, are the words uh, we're looking for. One hundred percent. Thank goodness we never record any of them for our listeners to listen to. So <laughs> just, I'll just, I'm going to re-listen to this episode and just make a few notes, chaps, so that we can incorporate some of our own advice into some of our own into some of our own meetings well folks on seriously thank you very much to everybody for listening into this episode 250 plus more episodes available uh, in the sales chat show back catalog available from wherever you prefer to get your podcast please subscribe to the sales chat show uh, on your preferred podcast platform and you'll be notified of new episodes when they are released which they are on a regular basis in the meantime it's simon hazeldean graham jones and anthony steers from the sales chat show wishing you good luck and good selling folks you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling.